Turn with me in your Bible to Psalm 48. I want to read this portion of Scripture. This portion of Scripture is applicable to the text for tonight. The text is not taken from this portion, so I'll not be expounding it. But let's read it together. Psalm 48. Let's hear the word of the Lord. Psalm 48, verse 1. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountain of his holiness. Beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth, is Mount Zion in the sides of the north, the city of the great king. God is known in our palaces for a refuge. For, lo, the kings were assembled, They passed by together. They saw it, and so they marveled. They were troubled and hissed away. Fear took hold upon them there, and pain as of a woman travail. Thou breakest the ships of Tarshish with an east wind. As we have heard, so have we seen in the city of the Lord of hosts, in the city of our God. God will establish it forever. Selah. We have thought of thy loving kindness, O God, in the midst of the temple. According to thy name, O God, so is thy praise unto the end of the earth. Thy right hand is full of righteousness. Let Mount Zion rejoice. Let the daughters of Judah be glad because of thy judgments. Walk about Zion. And go round about her. Tell the tars thereof. Mark ye well her bulwarks. Consider her palaces. That ye may tell it to the generation following. For this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even unto death. Amen. The Lord will stamp with his own approval and blessing. This reading of the Holy Scriptures this evening. Now turn with me tonight in your Bible to the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 51, Jeremiah chapter 51, if you find Jeremiah 51, let's come to the verse 45, and I'm going to just have a short reading again tonight. Jeremiah 51, verse 45. Let's hear the word of the Lord. My people, go ye out of the midst of her, and deliver ye every man his soul from the fierce anger of the Lord. And lest your heart faint, and ye fear for the rumor that shall be heard in the land. A rumor shall both come one year, And after that, in another year, shall come a rumor and violence in the land, ruler against ruler. Therefore, behold, the days come that I will do judgment upon the graven images of Babylon, and her whole land shall be confounded, and all her slain shall fall in the midst of her. Then the heaven and the earth 
and all that is therein shall sing for Babylon. For the spoiler shall come unto her from the north, saith the Lord. As Babylon hath caused the slain of Israel to fall, so at Babylon shall fall the slain of all the earth. Ye that have escaped the sword, go away. Stand not still. Remember the Lord afar off. And let Jerusalem come into your mind. Let's have a wee prayer together. Lord, we thank you for the word of God. We're glad we have a Bible in our English language. The liberty and freedom we enjoy to publicly as well as privately read from the scriptures. We thank thee, Lord, that thy word is not only a source of counsel, but it's a source of comfort as well. And we ask our souls, is there any word from God? And Lord, we're asking tonight, you'll be mindful of all who are absent from the house of God. We commit all the sick ones at this time to thee. Lord, you know about those in hospital, those who have been out of hospital in recent days. We think even of our elderly of the church. We think of Frank this morning and the little incident with the car. You know how upset he is and you know about his health and his mindset. We commit him to thee and we pray for the help of God. Pray that you remember young Abigail as well and you know all about her and her ongoing need. Jim's dear great-granddaughter and we pray, Lord, you'll bless her and you'll help her at this time. And we think especially, oh God, of Rebecca Morrison too, as she recovers from that uh, heart attack giving birth to the baby. Just undertake, even in that situation as well. Remember my own mother, and I think of Gareth with his ongoing health issues, and we pray that you'll help him at this time and remember him and all the problems. Pray you'll show him a token for good. And oh God, that he'll know the hand and help of God upon him at this time. Lord, there's many that we could pray for in the ministry and outside it, and we cry to thee. Lord, for all our dear loved ones, we, we leave them at thy feet. You know, those in our heart. We think even of Lena down at the home, Sister Silver. Uh, we, we pray, Lord, that you'll, you'll, you'll bless her and you'll be with her. And Lord, you'll, you'll encourage her in these days to look to the Lord and find grace and strength. And for everyone in a similar situation, we just pray for the mercy and grace of God. And we even think, Lord, in the 40th anniversary of the murder of 18 uh, dear soldiers uh, many, many decades ago in uh, Warren Point, we pray, Lord, that you'll remember those grieving families and we pray that you'll be the God of all comfort and the Father of mercies to them. And even those that murdered uh, Lord Mountbatten and those that are with them, we pray, Lord, you'll remember wicked and evil men for all their bloodthirsty deeds. And Lord, in the midst of darkness, you'll bring light and that true justice will prevail according to thy mind and will. Lord, hear prayer for the land in these days. And we look to thee for divine intervention and help and deliverance. Just be with us now as we preach the word of God. Lord, direct our thoughts, we pray, by the Holy Spirit. And we ask thee that thy word will be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, pointing us again to Christ, the gift and the author of eternal life. Hear and answer prayer for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen. Now my text tonight is taken from Jeremiah chapter 51 and verse 50. And my theme tonight is thinking about Jerusalem. Notice the last few words of the text says, and let Jerusalem come into your mind. Now one of the most 
wonderful experiences that has happened in my life is having the privilege, along with many others, of visiting on a number of occasions the Holy Land. Now, it's great to go on holiday, and you can think about Spain, and you can think about the United States of America. Some like to go to Portugal, and some like to go to Cyprus. But to me, one of the greatest places to visit on earth is the land of Israel. And do you know that young people that bang smack in the territory known as the Middle East is the land of Israel? If you get a map, you will discover that the land of Israel is in the middle of the Middle East. The land of Israel today has about seven or eight million Jews. And of course, their territory is surrounded by some 300 million Arabs. The vast majority of them, sadly, hate the very existence of the Jew. They, they would love to wipe them out and drive them into the Mediterranean Sea. And we only have to think about the hatred of Hamas and Hezbollah. But did you know that right in the middle of the land of Israel stands the ancient city of Jerusalem? There are some 767 references in the Bible to Jerusalem. So we'd have to say, well, the Bible has a lot to say about Jerusalem. And of course, as I think about visiting the Holy Land, I think it's lovely to be in the boat in the Sea of Galilee, where the Lord Jesus walked in the water, where he calmed the uh, raging storm, where from the... Uh, Sea of Galilee, and at least on its banks, he fed the 5,000 with the loaves and the fishes from the little boy. It's lovely to be able to visit places like Golgotha, the place of the skull, or Gethsemane, where the Lord Jesus prayed and wept, or to visit the garden tomb and remind our souls he is not here, he is risen, or even to stand at the wailing wall. And of course, we're thinking of the Wailing Wall, that's all left because of the utter destruction of the city in the days of Titus in AD 70. I was thinking, what if there had never been a city called Jerusalem? Would we even be here tonight? Would there be a, a gospel message? Would there be good news from heaven? For remember, it was outside that very city of Jerusalem, outside one of the gates, where the death of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was witnessed. Jerusalem is now known and recognized, especially by the United States of America administration, as the ancient historical capital of the land of Israel. And that was, of course, um, dating way back there to December 19, um, uh, uh, sorry, 2017. Did you know that whenever that declaration was made in uh, December uh, 2017, that that actually coincided with the 100th anniversary of the liberation of Jerusalem by the British army under General Allenby. And of course, remember, he conquered Jerusalem from the Turks without one shot being fired. 
And of course, when President Trump uh, declared that Jerusalem, no longer Tel Aviv, was going to be the ancient historical capital of the land of Israel, he was fulfilling the mandate that was laid down by the Senate and the Congress in 1995. but even though they agreed to recognize Jerusalem as Israel's ancient and historical capital, it always was and always will be the capital of the land of Israel. And here in the prophecy of Jeremiah, Jeremiah remembers known as the weeping prophet, a prophet of doom and gloom. He, he pronounced judgment upon Israel because of their sin. He told the city in Judah, the Babylonians are coming. He he urged them to submit. In fact, he told them to surrender to the Babylonians. Don't fight back. Don't resist. He he told them that you're going to go to Babylon and you're going to be there for 70 years. It's interesting that at the end of the prophecy, he prophesied the downfall of Babylon. And that's what we were reading about there in Jeremiah 51. And he was saying that When the downfall of Babylon begins to come to pass, he was urging the Jews in that ancient place to escape the destruction of the city of Babylon or the country of Babylon while there is still time. And whether they were living in Babylon or in the outskirts of the city or in the countryside, they were to remember the Lord And they were to think about Jerusalem. Think of these words. Look at verse 50. Ye that have escaped the sword, go away. Stand not still. Remember the Lord afar off. And let Jerusalem come to your mind. This was indeed, I believe, a message of encouragement. Jerusalem, remember, is God's ancient dwelling place. Its ruin, redemption, and revival is all recorded for us in the Bible. It's historical significance, its role in world prophetical events. It can even be viewed as a, in a spiritual manner to point to the great truths of Christ and the gospel. So, so tonight, I want us to do what this text tells us and let Jerusalem come into your mind. I want us to think about Jerusalem tonight. I want you to think of three things. Think of the obedience to this command. You see, this was a command. And let Jerusalem come into your mind. This was a requirement for the people of God. The mind refers to one's inner being. It refers to the heart as well. Um, He's saying to these Jewish exiles, when you go to Babylon... Here's how to live out your life. Live out your life by letting Jerusalem come into your mind. You see the word let there? Um, It's a very strong word in the Hebrew. It, It conveys the idea of opening the windows of your mind or opening the gate of your mind. This is to be the constant daily activity of God's people as they lived in the world. Now, one of the young people that went to Babylon as a young boy, maybe 17, 18, 19, was a boy called Daniel. You've heard of Daniel. God is my judge. That's what the name means. And if you turn over there to Daniel, Daniel chapter 6 and the verse 10. This is coming near the end now 
of the um, life of the Babylonian Empire. And uh, the Medes and Persians are um, knocking in the gate and they have taken over the territory. Look with me at verse 10. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He knelt upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Now, isn't that interesting? Daniel prayed with the windows open towards Jerusalem. He didn't shut out all the sights and sounds of ancient Babylon. Think of the traders in the street, the children, maybe soldiers, maybe the aged woman having a bit of a natter, and all the sounds of Babylon. And, and um, here's Daniel. Despite all that activity going on, he was constrained to engage in this daily activity of not just offering prayer, but he was praying towards Jerusalem. Why? Because he was daily, constantly engaged in this activity of remembering Jerusalem. Jerusalem, of course, we could talk about Jerusalem below the geographical location of that ancient city in the middle of the earth. We could think about Jerusalem historically. We could think about Jerusalem above, because the Bible talks about the heavenly Jerusalem in Hebrews chapter 12. It's a picture of Christ in the church. And the Bible talks about the new Jerusalem, in Revelation chapter 1, in fact, we're told to behold the new Jerusalem. You see, every reference to Jerusalem, whether it's the historical city, whether it's the Jerusalem that is above, or whether it's the new Jerusalem, all speaks of a source of encouragement and comfort to our hearts. Because as we think about Jerusalem, as it comes to mind, there's a call to repent before the Lord. There's a call to trust him with all our heart and soul and mind and strength. There's a call to love and to serve him with obedient hearts. There's a call to remember how great God is. We were singing tonight, great is thy faithfulness. We're to remember how good God is. We're to remember how gracious God is. We're to remember how glorious he is. He's glorious in holiness. What fills our mind? What do we often think about? Think about the things of time and sense, the things of the world, what we're going to eat, what we're going to wear, where we're going to go, what we're going to do. Material things, financial things. But what about spiritual things? We think about Jerusalem. You see, as Daniel thought about Jerusalem, when he was in ancient Babylon, he was obeying exactly what Jeremiah the prophet said. Let Jerusalem come into your mind. He was thinking, well, Jerusalem's my home. His windows were open towards Jerusalem. Why? Because Jerusalem was his ancient home. See, this world is not our home. Our home is spiritual and heavenly. Our home is the Jerusalem above the new Jerusalem. And how are we to live? We're to live as pilgrims looking for that heavenly city. I've already made reference there. If you think about Revelation 21, 
John says, And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold the tabernacle of God. Behold the tabernacle of God. The, the, word, the word behold means to consider, to, to fix your gaze on. In this world we have tears and sorrows and, and pain and death and anguish. But there's none of these things in the New Jerusalem. It not only speaks of home, but it speaks of hope. Towards Jerusalem. This 70-year captivity is going to come to an end. And then we can return. You see, the, the hope was sure and certain. And, and surely the Jerusalem above is sure and certain for us as, as the people of God. What do we think about? This is a requirement for us tonight. Let Jerusalem come into your mind. But I want you to think of something else. I want you to think of the object of this command. And let what come into your mind? Jerusalem. That's the object. Why? Because Jerusalem reminds us of God's power to save. It reminds us of God's absolute, sovereign, supreme authority to save. Think of when it was first mentioned in the Bible. Out of those 767 references. Do you know the first reference? Well, the first reference is in Joshua. Joshua chapter 10. Let me just read the start of the verse. It says, Now it came to pass when Adonai Bezek, king of Jerusalem, had heard how Joshua had taken Ahai and had utterly destroyed it as he had done to Jericho and her king, so he had done to Ahai and her king, and how the inhabitants of Gibeon had made peace with Israel and were among them that they feared greatly. Here's the law of first mention. Adonai Bezek, king of Jerusalem. In other words, this is a heathen stronghold. This city stood now in opposition to everything that was good and godly, everything that was holy and righteous before God. It stood for corruption. It stood for depravity. It stood for idolatry. It's a picture of the world. It's a picture of servitude to the devil. Did you know that it formerly belonged to a man called Melchizedek? He was king of Salem. It originally was called Salem. Genesis 14 verse 18. And then, as we think about it, by right it belonged to this king of Salem. And then something happened. It was invaded. Corruption, sin, depravity, rebellion against God all come to the fore. And it's interesting that in the 31 kings that were conquested out of the territory of Canaan when Joshua and the children of Israel came into the land of Canaan, one of the strongholds of depravity that was conquered by Joshua was the ancient city of Salem that had now become known as Jerusalem. And from that day, Jerusalem became the city of the great king, became this city known as Mount Zion. 
And we, we have already read there, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God in the mountain of holiness. Beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion in the sides of the north. The city of the great king. And how was this stronghold of depravity delivered and saved? The answer is the power of God. Who was the deliverer? Joshua. And is Joshua not a wonderful picture of our Lord Jesus Christ? And who can save people from the penalty of sin? Who can save people from the power of sin? Wesley Brothers wrote the lovely hymn, He breaks the power of cancelled sin. He sets the prisoner free. His blood can make the foulest clean. His blood avails for me. Who can save us from sin's pleasure? Take the love of sinning out of our heart. Who one day will save us from the very presence of sin? There's only one answer. The power of God to save through our Lord Jesus Christ, the heavenly Joshua. You, you think tonight of the most ungodly, depraved sinner who stands in rebellion to God. And we think, well, how could that critter be saved? How could he or she be delivered? Call Jerusalem to mind. Because this city reminds us of God's absolute power to save. And does that not bring encouragement? The vilest offender who truly believes that moment from Jesus. A pardon received. We, we call sinners to repentance. We call them to faith in Christ. And we tell them to, to be mindful of Jerusalem. Why? Because it reminds us of God's power to save. And he can save you tonight. And he can save your loved one. Even though you're discouraged and thinking, well, there's no hope for my family, no hope for my friends. We can bring them to God. We can lay them at his feet and we can cry out, Lord, save them ere they perish. You see, Jerusalem also reminds us of God's purpose of sacrifice. In Jerusalem, you've got the temple. Now, I didn't know if you picked it up in the reading, but in Psalm 48 that I read to you, it mentioned the temple. We have thought of thy loving kindness, O God, in the midst of thy temple. Now, isn't that tremendous? In the temple, there's the brazen altar of sacrifice. And you've got to think of the blood sacrifices there by the hand of the priest. You've got to think of blood atonement. Doesn't the Bible tell us over there in the book of Leviticus, uh, in Leviticus chapter 17 and in the verse 11, a, a, a tremendous statement that, that you do well to underline for the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for your soul. You think of every animal sacrifice in the tabernacle, the temple. The sin offering, the burnt offering, the peace offering, the meal offering, the, the sweet offering. They're, they were all foreshadowed that final once and for all real true sacrifice for sin. Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. How was he to do that? But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sin forever, sat down in the right hand of God. Remember the Lord Jesus died outside the city walls of Jerusalem. Outside the gate. is not tremendous. And remember as he died, the veil that covered the tabernacle was rent in two from the top to the bottom. And the graves were opened and some of the dead were resurrected. Why? Because the Bible tells us there in the book of Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 7 and in the verse 25. 
makes a tremendous statement. Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. There is not only crucifixion, but there's resurrection. Maybe you're here tonight and you want to be saved. I want to tell you tonight, he is able and he is willing to save you. I just want to add this wee bit. I'm told that if someone wants to be saved, they've got that desire, they've got a repentant spirit, and they're willing to have Christ in Christ's terms and make an absolute surrender of themselves to him, that somehow, for some reason, God is not willing to save them because they're not part of the elect. I want to tell you that's a lie. That's a perversion of the gospel. That's utter rubbish. Because the Lord Jesus said, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh I will in no ways cast out. And if you want to be saved, and you have a mindset to repent, and you're willing to have Christ, and you want them to be your Lord and Savior, then all you have to do is come. All you have to do is call. Whosoever shall call in the name of the Lord shall be saved. And, and don't let no one tell you that, that you can't come because God's not willing to receive you. The, the Bible says, but as many as received him, to them give he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe in his name. You see, it's a reminder of God's purpose of sacrifice, the blood atonement in Jerusalem. It's a reminder of God's plan for struggles. You read the history of Jerusalem. Do you know it's a city full of sorrow? Troubles and woes abound in every hand. There was dark times. There was difficult days for Jerusalem. In Jeremiah's day, the city was under God's judgment all because of their sin. I wonder what life was like in Jerusalem at that time. Turn back there in your Bible. I can't go through the whole prophecy of Jeremiah. It's too much for one sermon. It's even too much for a series of messages. But let's read chapter 6. Let's look with me at verse 7. As a fountain casteth out water. You can picture a fountain and the water spewing out of it. So she casteth out her wickedness. Violence and spoil is heard in her. Before me continually is grief and wounds. Be thou instructed, O Jerusalem. Lest my soul depart from thee. Lest I make thee desolate, a land not inhabited. See, this is Jeremiah preaching. What's this city like? It's a city full of violence. It's a city full of spoil. It's a city that casting out wickedness as a fountain casts out water. And because Jerusalem and its inhabitants sinned and sinned with impunity, God, who had warned them about their sin, had warned them of judgment to come, who had urged them through Jeremiah to repent, and flee from the wrath to come. But because they sinned with impunity. And refused to repent and return to the Lord. In 586 BC. God handed Jerusalem and Judah over to the Babylonians. And the land and its people went into captivity for seven years. Just exactly as Jeremiah had predicted. And it didn't matter whether they had the best army in the world. 
It didn't matter what arrangements they've made, what armaments they had. It didn't prevail because no one can fight against God and win. You think of Jerusalem in AD 70, Titus, the Roman governor, came in. And again, the city went into ruin. All because of their rejection and refusal of Jesus Christ. And it wasn't until almost 2,000 years later, 1948, when the state of Israel was reborn. And you think of its history. A history of struggles and sorrows. A history of ruin, revival and redemption. And yet that city exists. That city has been kept unto this day. And, and surely that gives us some hope. Is our life not the same? Is our life not full of struggles and sorrows? And, and, and it's only for the goodness and the grace of God that we've been kept. Sin brings sorrow and pain and judgment. You, you think of the many tonight that refuse to believe in the doctrine of hell. Refuse to believe in the doctrine of eternal punishment. Modern men are too proud to, to believe in that. And yet that's exactly what the Bible teaches. The soul that sinneth it shall die. You can't sin against God with impunity and not receive punishment. And here's this object of this command. It's, it's Jerusalem. And here's the reasons why we should think about it. Let, let me close. I want you to think of the outcome of this command. What does it say in our text? And let Jerusalem come into your mind. When you let Jerusalem come into your mind, it's an indication that, that you love Jerusalem. Did you know that the Lord Jesus loved the city of Jerusalem? You think of our priests tonight. Think of our prophets, our patriarchs, our precepts, our promises. Think of her provision. Think of her protection. Think of the power of God at work. Now turn over in your Bible to Matthew. I have three references to show you in closing. Matthew chapter 23. Look with me at verse 37. Matthew chapter 23, verse 37. Think of these words, O Jerusalem. Can you hear the O wrenched out of Christ's heart? He's thinking about this ancient city where God was known in our palaces for a refuge. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings? And ye would not. Do you know the Lord Jesus wept over this city? He knew she was under wrath and judgment. He came offering forgiveness of sins, offering eternal life. But think of these words, ye would not. Is that not rebellion? Is that not blatant refusal? Remember, he came unto his own, and his own received him not. But when you let Jerusalem come into your mind, it's an indication that you love this ancient city. It's an indication that you're loyal to this ancient city. Turn over there to Psalm 137. I would encourage you to read the psalm. I would love to have taken time to read the psalm as well tonight. Psalm 137. Here's the children of Israel in Babylon. You've heard the, the song by Boney M. Babylon. Um, I, I can't remember the words. By the rivers of Babylon. There we sat down. Yeah, we wept when we remembered Zion. We, we hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. 
For there they that carried us away captive required of us a song. And they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing unto us one of the songs of thine. Look at verse 4. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? And then look at verse 5. If I forget thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her coming. Do you know what that means? Let my right hand wither so I can't play the harp or any other stringed instrument. Notice verse 6. If I do not remember thee, that's Jerusalem, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy. There's a loyalty to Jerusalem. And here's the ancient Jews in Babylon. And they refused there to sing the Lord's song in that land. Why? Because they were remembering Jerusalem. They were remembering their home. That was their hope. And you know what else we're to do when we call Jerusalem to mind? We lift up Jerusalem. Let me give you one final reference. Turn there to Psalm 122. Remember in verse 6, what does it say? Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. Can you see that? Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Do you know tonight your prayers are not useless? Do you know that prayer tonight is a vital part of the Christian life if you're a child of God, if you're saved? And your prayer tonight can be effective. Why? Because you pray in Jesus' name. Whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You can pray in the ground of Jesus' blood because true prayer has to do with Christ and the ground of his shed blood. Jerusalem has very rarely seen true peace. Did you know that in the Isle of Lewis, when those two ladies, Peggy and uh, is it Christine Smith, they prayed for revival to break out in the Isle of Lewis, and it did break out in 1949 to 52. Did you know there were great aunts of Donald Trump? Donald Trump's supposed to be the most powerful man on the planet. And there he is, connected to two powerful women that had power with God in that they prevailed. And there is power in prayer. Lift up Jerusalem. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And notice, there's a link. They shall prosper that love thee. Remember what the Lord said to Abraham, the father of the faithful. Genesis 12 and 3. I will bless them that bless thee. And I will curse them that curse thee. There's a link to prayer and prosperity. And I'm not suggesting for one minute that it will be financial. I'm not suggesting it will be wholly materialistic or economic. But it can also be spiritual. You think of the Lord Jesus. It said of him, the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Why? Because he had a love for Jerusalem and his people. He was loyal and he came willingly, voluntary. He laid down his life unto death. All to bring about peace. Peace with God and the peace of God into this ancient city. That you might prosper in a spiritual sense with the blessing of God. That's the outcome of this command. There's an obedience that's required here. Let Jerusalem come into your mind. Think of this object, Jerusalem. What does it remind us of? God's power to save. 
It reminds us of God's purpose and sacrifice. It reminds us of of God's plan and struggles. Because God kept that ancient city right to this day. And when I'm back in the month of October, I look forward to standing again in the holy city and walking its streets and looking at its walls and thinking of its gates. And I remember this outcome. Let Jerusalem come into your mind. Why? Because we love this city. And we want to be loyal to it and we want to lift it up before God. Because God has given us the promise. They shall prosper that love thee. Oh, that our souls would prosper. Oh, that our homes and our church would prosper. Because of our love and loyalty to God and his word. May the Lord take these few thoughts and bless them to us this evening.